Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mycidian Legend Podcast. My name is Alex Scott, and each week I am joined by David. Say hello, David. Hey, everybody. Keep it healthy, I hope. Uh, so if it's your first time listening, each week we cover our locals experience including our deck lists how we uh played and how we can improve our play for the future and uh we'll also go over some adjustments to the decks that we played um so before we get started we're going to talk about our deal for all of our listeners if you shop at cards of ivalice for your singles you can use the promo code porum palum 10 for your purchase and when you do that it shows that you support the Masidia post and it gets you a nice little discount on your order now, with that being said, let's uh, get into the podcast. David, um, how are you doing these days? I mean, I'm about as good as anybody else in these uh, crazy times. Yeah, you found yourself a lot of free time because of the uh, the pandemic? Uh, yeah, three weeks off of work. I work at a bar, so all bars are pretty much shut down. So now we're closed for three weeks minimum. Well, I'm really sorry, man. Uh, I do want to extend... An olive branch. I will hire you as my butler. Don't, don't tempt me. <laughs> you'll, you'll take anything. <laughs> I'll take anything. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of worked out for me in that uh, I'm currently on spring break as I'm a teacher, so I have this time off anyway. And tomorrow is going to be a big announcement about what's going to happen to teachers and what's going to happen to public schools here in British Columbia and Canada. So uh, I'm a little nervous for that. But otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, locals have been shut down. So now stores, uh, game stores seem to be closing their play areas, no longer keeping those open. They're changing adjusted hours just to sell cards. Uh, But that means that no local events are firing. Uh, So we do have one locals to talk about from last week. But overall, uh, going forward, we're not going to have uh, local events. Um, We are looking this week at doing something on Octagon. If we can get together some people, we'll do an online locals. But uh, otherwise, it's kind of an interesting time for a TCG right now. I mean, it's an interesting time for anything because I'm trying to get in the, as a football coach, I was getting the full swing of that, prepping for uh, preseason stuff. Um, Pre-release for, obviously, Opus 11 was right around the corner coming out, so now that's going to be canceled everywhere, too. Um, All sports everywhere are canceled as the NHL and stuff were kind of making their stretch in the playoffs, so everything is just shut down. Like, this is it. Yeah, this is honestly bizarre. The... The closest thing we had to this was H1N1 uh, back in 2009, but even then it wasn't anything even close to this. So this is really quite wild. I think that if you pre, uh, pre-ordered your pre-release for Opus 11, you will be able to go. Most stores are offering them to take home. So you can take them home, open your packs, and at least do that. Hopefully we're going to get the full set of Opus 11 spoiled on Friday. So all the cards we don't have, we will then have on Friday. Uh, and I'm actually going to get right to work on doing set reviews with the, with uh, Travis Pfeiffer uh, and get those videos up as soon as we possibly can. I've actually already done all of the uh, YouTube thumbnails uh, the art for all of them, so those are ready to go. All we need to do is uh, see the cards now. At least uh, with all this time on your hands, you're keeping productive. I honestly am. I'm playing a bunch of Dragon Quest uh, of the Stars on mobile, Dragon Quest Eleven on PS4, Warcraft Reforged, Final Fantasy XIV. It's just like a cornucopia of gaming for me because I'm, I'm on vacation. Speaking of which, guys, if you're bored like we all are now that we're 
all quarantined in our houses, check out Alex's um, Alex's stuff on the Dragon Quest game. It's on it's on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. If you're bored? Oh, th- why not? Thanks, man. Are you playing anything right now? Am I playing anything right now? Yeah. Um, I'm no, honestly. I'm playing. Actually, yeah, I am. Okay, this is super embarrassing. I'm playing a modded Pokemon Fire Red, but all the Pokemon are Digimon because I like Digimon better than Pokemon. Hot take. Dude, I love so, Digimon. Digimon is the best. I've played so many Digimon games, and I even had Digimon cards for a little while. Like, I honestly really, I, I mean, I always loved Digimon the show more than Pokemon the show. Uh, obviously, oh, for sure. the, po- the Pokemon games are great. Um, but uh, yeah, Digimon's where it's at. Well then, remind me to send you this mod later. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have like a, a billion questions to ask you, but we're not actually a gaming <laughs> podcast. We're an FFTCG podcast. Uh, so, but let us know, like, are you in the same position? What's happening with your locals? Uh, and you know what? There are options. So you can play online at uh, untap.in. Uh, you can also play on the downloadable program Octagon. Uh, every Wednesday, there's an Eastern time zone. Uh, so Eastern time, four o'clock, uh, RVA locals on Octagon. And that's actually a big turnout. They get a bunch of people playing FFTCG. Uh, so you can actually go on and, and play locals every single week if you're needing your FFTCG fix. Um, but there's also some big news from the Final Fantasy trading card game North America group. Uh, Matthew Rice and I think the RBA guys are going to be putting on a Crystal Cup sized online tournament on Octagon. And this is going to be a three day event, 128 player cap uh, where you can play all your Swiss rounds and there'll be a fixed top cut with uh, prizes and everything. So that's actually going to be something pretty cool and very unique and, and uh, what a good way to keep the game going while we're experiencing this stoppage in play. Yeah, no, that's super sick. Um, so what we were talking about for our Vancouver locals was probably doing something kind of similar on Octagon. Should we extend an invite to our listeners? Yes. I mean, if this drops in time and also, I mean, it will. I have so much time on my hands. I'm probably going to edit it right away. But the other thing is just like the logistics of putting it together, maybe the first time it would be, I don't know. If if someone, if I put this video up and you comment on it and say you want to play with us on Thursday, uh, we're going to play at 7 p.m., Pacific time, then by all means, comment on the video and we'll get you, we'll get you involved for sure. I think that would be easy enough. And then we'll see about doing it in future weeks, um, which I'm actually very interested in because when I'm not on vacation, I can never make 4 p.m. Eastern for the RVA thing. So I would really love an online weekly Pacific time, uh, West Coast time zone uh, octagon tournament. Yeah, now since we're off and work indefinitely now we can start doing stuff like that but uh yeah maybe now's the time to start out reaching out to all of our listeners yeah i think so and we should actually be playing more on octagon because we always play on untap uh but everything seems to be on octagon so we should probably get some practice in with it yeah totally right i was playing with uh, one of our friends earlier and it took me a solid like 10 minutes to kind of reset my hotkeys and my head back to the octagon hotkeys and controls from did you use my did you use my cheat sheet i definitely used your cheat sheet thank you for that 
Yeah, maybe I can get that up in the video too. Okay, awesome. Uh, so uh, let's get on to our deck lists for this week. Uh, David, what were you playing? Um, I'm continuing my quest to make Windwater suck. So I'm playing a Windwater list, which is based off of Jordan Danks uh, and fellow Canadians list from the... Um, North American Championship, I'm pretty sure, the other last year. Um, so what's fun about that one is it runs three of the four-cost SID 2 wind backup, uh, which you dull, you search for one backup of cost one and add it to your hand. So that's just drawing three cards a turn, basically, once you get that online. But it, it requires you build a lot around it. So I'm running um, six evokers, three water, and three wind. Otherwise, it's pretty... Uh, it's pretty standard wind water kind of stuff. You got, except for I'm running Fasoya instead of some other stuff. So you got light Fasoya. Summons are pretty, pretty much what you think. You know, you got your three Veil Fours, Diabolos, Famfritz, uh, Layla Viking package with Cloud of Darkness, Fina, of course. Um, but another thing that I threw in for my own kind of flavor, because this is who I am, is I'm running four of the Dons, and three of them are the water one. So I figured if I'm going to be drawing three cards a turn, that's going to make his uh, unblockable uh, ability go off a lot, a lot more consistently. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's uh, it's a list that I'm, uh, I'm I haven't played, but I've actually seen quite a bit of because I know Jordan Dank played a lot of Sid two that season, and that's something that we saw quite a bit. Um, and Fusia was still in style, so I'm excited to hear how that went for you because I don't think I actually know how your matches went. Well, we will find out after we go over your deck list. Awesome. So I decided to go back to my favorite um, archetype of all time or favorite element, which is Mono Earth. This is a Mono Earth deck with some dark cards in it, specifically Kadaj and Zodiac Keeper of Precepts. Uh, so it's a pretty pretty straightforward deck. I've played something similar before uh, and talked about it on this podcast with the 2CP Noctis that uh, when he's on the field, Gladiolus, well, it's not his ability, it's Gladiolus's ability. He's reduced by 2CP, so he's a 2CP 9K. Uh, so I had him. Uh, I also have just like your your classic mono worth uh, searching packages like Regis. You have stuff like Sid Garland and Miner and Minfilia and Aperu. All this stuff. It's it's really pretty straightforward. Uh, some other f- fun cards though. I had the seven CP Tama, which is one of my favorite cards of all time. Two uh, Gigas, which is the four CP monster, uh, cost zero action ability, turned into a. 9,000 power forward, and when he attacks, he can't activate during your active phase. So this monster is purely for defense and for dodging removal. Um, against summons, all very, very standard, except for the Zodiac. And then uh, on the, the forward lineup, uh, some really fun cards, including the Opus 10 Bosch, uh, the uh, Opus 3 Delita, 
you know, your Asmodee, some of your fun stuff here. I had the Opus 5 Gabranth. Uh, so Gabranth reads, if you have received five points of damage or more, the cost for playing him is reduced by three, so he becomes a one CP AK. And he has an action ability, put Gabranth into the break zone. During this turn, the next damage becomes zero. So the idea, if you haven't heard of this combo before, is if you cast Zodiac, which breaks all your opponent's forwards at the cost of dealing you a point of damage for each forward, Gabranth actually negates that entire thing and makes it so Zardiac doesn't deal any damage to you at all. Uh, so otherwise, I had two Zuzuhisas and uh, another new card that I'm, I'm really enjoying. Um, but you're going to be able to see the list on the YouTube video, or if you're on mobile, there's a link to it in the description. So you can look at the full list if you need to. <coughs> yeah, the thing is, is that I've spent so much time trying to talk you out of playing dark cards because you're just cursed. But... I mean, your Zodiac doesn't really count because it's just kind of a... It's a summon, so you can still cast it at any time, but still worrisome. Yeah, um, well, want, well... Are you ever get clogged in your hand, or am I going to find out later? Yeah, no, it happened twice. Uh, once... Yeah, you, you know what? We'll just get into the matches, uh, unless you have anything else that you want to mention about these decks. Uh, no, mine's pretty straightforward. You've kind of ran this before, so I think we can move on. Awesome. Okay, uh, let's get into the matches. So for round one, uh, who are you playing there, David? Uh, I am playing against a Golbez deck. So Golbez is now back from his Opus 1 basement. Um yeah, it's uh, it's a really scary deck. So it goes off of you somehow break Golbez, and it ends up playing what is it five forwards of cost two of four all forwards. elements four forwards of cost two uh, as long as they're all different elements onto the field. So what you would what he does what he does with this is he the Golbez gets broken. He plays out the forwards, one of them being the new two CP cloud. And one of them being the uh, 2CP Ramza, which gives stuff haste when you uh, dull him. And one of your one of his backups was the Lightning Red Mage that gives haste. So you would give Ramza haste to give Cloud haste, and then shenanigans would ensue. It's a very complicated deck. I think it looks very fun. Um, it's one of the decks that I think this game kind of needed was something so intricate like that. Um, and he pulls it out very well. Yeah, that is. Uh, I've played against that deck a few times now, and it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And it can go off in a second, and you'll lose the game before you can even blink. It's like almost. It's like Rampier on steroids. Like Rampier can fill up a big board, while this can fill up a board much quicker. Yeah, and it just has so many ways to do it too. So you you really can't. Uh, just wait around for it to happen. You have to be proactive and you have to get after him. Yep. And that's exactly what I tried to do. I thought um, with Water Wind, I had a pretty good matchup because Athena would just pretty much clear that entire board. No big deal. So um, that's pretty much what happened. It was a really, really close game. Um, I broke the first Golbez. He um, floods the board with a bunch of mini mites. I'm able to Fina. Um, second one comes up, break it. Bunch of mini mites, I'm able to break all them. Third one comes up, 
I'm unable to draw that last Fina, and he's able to just kind of get off his stuff. Fasoya at this point is just useless because I can't just ping one of them. Like, I need to get rid of all of them as soon mm. as I can. And Veil Forge just doesn't do enough damage um, to the board to get rid of them because typically your two drops are 5k-ish. So that's it just wasn't enough. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, it came right down to the wire, but I think I lost at 7-5. Oh, that's rough. And I know that that deck, you seem, you feel like you can get around it. You feel like you can squeak out a win and then it just, it snowballs so fast. And even some of its cheaper forwards can get pretty powerful. You know, it's looking at something like Luso, uh, it can get pretty strong. And uh, the upgrading from the cloud is just crazy when it brings out something like a Sephiroth or a Bartz and, and you're just not able to deal with it right away, then you're in trouble. That was the thing. Every time that Golbez would break, I would need to have a Fiend in hand. So the one time that I didn't, it was it was pretty much game over at that point. Really close game. Um, both of us were sweating. But he came yeah. away with it. it a very interesting deck. Nice. Yeah. Nice work, Greg. Nice work, Greg. Good job, kid. All right. So I had my rounds all mixed up. My, my first round was against our good friend Yuda. And he was playing uh, a deck that David had made for him. So, David, why don't you quickly catch everybody up on what this deck is? Ah, catch me off guard here in the middle of drinking water. (laughs) Okay, so as I said in the previous podcast, I was working on kind of modernizing decks that I had used previously. So this is a deck that I played a lot back in Opus, or made from Opus three and four cards and just kind of made it a little more um a little more modern um do you want me to go through the whole deck list no just the basic like what is it all right so basically it's just a firewater temp tempo deck and it's it has the uh final fantasy 9 package you got steiner ico mog um and light zidane um it basically wants to keep building hand advantage keep um keep your opponents blocking very poorly. So you got things like Ignacio or uh, 4CP Legend Land from Opus 7 and Selfie in the back row to kind of buff you up a little bit. But it also has a couple of board clears so that in case you do fall behind, it's really easy to, or it's supposed to be able to catch up. So you have things like 9CP Bahamut and... um, you run Zodiac, but this is running Ultima, the High Seraph. So it clears. Yeah, right. All... Okay. I remember that. Yeah. So it clears all forwards on both sides of the board, um, except for light and dark forwards. So the point is that you're going to have Zidane on there when you ca- cast it. It reduces its cost by two, and then you're... it's a big tempo swing. And then there's also one copy of Opus One Clouded Darkness to also kind of clear the field in case things are going south for you. Um, and then as a backup contingency plan, it's got the Opus 1 Legend Titus, uh, the one that has the special of uh, Blitzace. So b- basically swing for as many points of damage as you have. Man, you just went over the whole deck list. Yeah, pretty much. I tried to do it as succinctly <laughs> as I could. Yeah, so uh, I played against this magnificent deck that David had built, and I I just got out early with my big boys. You know, I had... 
a big um, Gladiolus, uh, Seacard at one point, uh, Cecil and Asmodai, all these big forwards. Kadash came in at some point, and I just got started swinging for damage and I continuously did that and um, Yuta was just in the back foot and at one point he started to mount a little bit of a comeback and he played uh, Titus and we were kind of at a stalemate. I was ahead on damage uh, but I knew that if I allowed uh, that Titus to go off then I would be in serious trouble because Blitzace was live to basically have lethal. Um, so he ended up having a turn where he was able to attack me with his forwards. Um, and I had a Zuzu Hisa out, but he activated my Zuzu Hisa's ability. I drew two cards. I had removal for the Titus, but his first swing actually flipped over Kadaj and dulled the Titus. And um, at that point, I was pretty clear. So I mean, the game was, I had the removal in hand as well. So I was pretty, I was in pretty good shape to win that game anyway. I just had, I just overpowered him. So it was a pretty open and shut match. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so 1-0? 1-0 at this point. Uh, and uh, yeah, so let's go into round two. Who are you playing? Uh, round two, I played arguably Brandon playing what I recall to be a mono ice. Um, yeah, so he did not open very optimally for him, I'm pretty sure. He kind of just kept playing forwards. He had no backups up. He just kept pitching to try and play forwards, try and make me discard so I couldn't mount up any tempo and then also get in damage with things like Genesis so that I was um, discarding with those two. Um, but eventually I was able to, it's wind water, right? So it's not all that difficult to get set up. And then once you do, if they don't have the backups and resources to answer you, it's really tough for them to keep up. So yeah, basically what happened, he kept trying to swing, make me discard. Eventually I got my, my SIDS, my Yunas, Mariko out, and then I'm swinging for, I'm swinging with my good stuff and he's struggling to top deck and find those answers. So. Ended up taking the game. It was super close um, in damage, maybe 7-5. But as soon as I got my, pretty much as soon as I got my pain set up, it uh, it was it wasn't close to that point. It was just pedal to the metal, and I took the game over at that point. Way to go, bud! Oh, hey, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Wow, I actually got a win with my yeah big <laughs> crummy win water. <laughs> And back to the magician, the the master we're talking about. Alex's around. ego, part two. Yeah, oh, uh, I was playing. <laughs> so I was playing against our new Australian friend Scott, and he was playing Earth Fire again. Except he was able to upgrade his deck a little bit from last week. Um, and I look at my opening hand, no backups, so I take a mulligan. I look at my next hand, and I have, it was literally uh, Kadaj, Zodiac, and, uh, oh no, sorry, yeah, Kadaj, Zodiac, and Shantoto, uh, and then like a couple other forwards, and it was just unplayable, uh, but nothing I can do, so I played turn one Kadaj, of course, and uh, just start swinging on him, and he's 
unfortunately, he has to open pretty... Well, it's not like terrible, but he opens a, a 6 CP Star Sybil to search another backup, or sorry, to search Cam. Uh, he actually gets his Cam out, puts a Chaos out, uh, so he's developing faster than me, but I've got this pesky little Kadaj that's swinging in, giving himself 2K Brave, swinging over the, the Camelot. Uh I put a Star Sybil into the break zone, so now he's kind of like making his way back in CP advantage, uh, and he plays... Um, we were just talking about it, uh, Ignacio. Uh, at this point, I'm a little bit worried, but I still have that Zodiac Keeper of Precepts. And I basically think like, well, I got to cast this on his attack. Uh, so I'm going to leave Kadaj up so he's on the field uh, during his my opponent's turn. I'm going to block his uh, one of his forwards so that he, hopefully the Ignacio, so he'll pitch a card to power it up, and then that's um, when it's I'll Ignacio hit. actually. Yeah, Ignacio, <laughs> uh, and then I'll hit hit the uh, the Zodiac and make him waste a card. Uh, and I got very lucky because he blocked. Uh, he attacked with the Cam uh, first. I didn't want to take the point of damage, so I ta- I blocked the Kadaj. He casts um, a Titan, which is a five CP card. Uh, which blanked his hand. I responded with the Zodiac to break his two forwards. I took two points of damage. He his uh, Titan was was then null, and I went up big time. And it was kind of just at that point, it was really nice and easy. I started to develop my backups, and I had Raubons, Cecils, Delitas, whatever I needed. Uh, sorry, Asmodies to just kind of break his forwards and stay on board and swing out. And so, just like this really key Zodiac play won me the match somewhere in the early game. No, that's a huge tempo swing because he's thinking like he's countering you, but in reality, he's just playing right into your hand and losing all of his cards. Yeah, and the Zodiac's four CP when you have Kadaj out, so it was nice and easy to cast, and overall just makes me want to play that card now all the time. No, for sure. I remember back in the day when I would play uh, that Fire Water deck a little more, and I could cast a Ultima. It just felt so satisfying. Like, yeah, you're taking away, like, a bunch of cards off the top of your deck, but to just watch their faces, their board gets cleared, and yours isn't. It's a huge tempo swing, and just feels so satisfying. Let me let me double... Is, uh, Ultima, does she not clear both boards? Um, Yeah, clears both boards, except for all light and dark forwards. Right, of course, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then Zodiac is a one-sided board clear, which is pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. Although with a much argue. less expendable resource. Yeah. You can argue which one is better, but I play typically with light cards and you typically play with dark cards. So That's correct. And it works out for you too because Earth typically has a lot of synergies with damage that you take. Whereas yeah, exactly. Not so much. Yeah. All right, round three. All right, round three. Um, I played against Scott. And this was um, very back and forth match again. Um, so pretty much all three of my matches could have gone either way. And so he starts out super hot. He's playing his Ignacio and giving haste and stuff and swinging as fast as he can um, to try and outpace me. Eventually I get set up and I'm able to stop the bleeding a little bit. Um, and with the thing with that deck for an Earth Fire deck, he draws a lot. 
Oh, like, so much. It, it draws more than my water than this water wind does, and this water wind is built exclusively on drawing cards. Like it's supposed to deck you out almost. Um, so it basically came down to the last turn. We're both sitting at like five and six damage, but if he doesn't kill me on this next turn, he decks out. So he has to kill me on this turn. So I made this huge misplay of just basically not having enough forwards to block. And I know I had the resources to do it, but I paid for it in such a stupid way that I just I didn't have all the forwards out. So he ended up being able to swing through, get that last point of damage. He had one card left on his pile on his pile, so I just had to survive that turn. I didn't think it through. Um and I took the L and went one and two for the day, but honestly, if I'm playing at my best and if I'm thinking all the way through, I could probably gone three and out this week. Yeah, I can definitely see that too. And especially that last game you could have could have easily won that last the at the end there. So what could you change? What could you do differently? So if you're playing your CP wrong, what's the what's the step to fix that? It's really just take a breath, maybe look away from the board, and then look back up with fresh eyes with it. So I really felt like I was overthinking it a little bit. And then basically what it came down to was I ended up putting a Viking into the break zone rather than um, one of my Zidans, which I already had a Zidane on the field. So okay. that was so that was it right there. It was just I just I panicked. Um I tried to outthink it, out just kind of outsmart myself when really all I needed to do was take a second, kind of blank my mind, look back with uh, clear eyes, and play it properly. Because that's just such a simple play. It was just, I just need bodies here, and I win. And I had it yeah. in my hand. I just... And do you ever sequence your turns? What do you mean? Like, at the start of your turn, you think about um, everything you're going to do in that turn and, and steps. So you say, step one, I'm going to play Zidane. Uh, and to do that, I'm going to tap these two backups. And step two will be to do this. Step three will be that. And step four will be past the turn. And then you look at your sequence and you say, okay. Uh, Honestly, I've gotten away from that recently, probably since we did the winner box not too long ago. Um, that was like the last time I actually did sequencing. And I've seen my play suffer for it. So I think, yes, I need to get back on that and just kind of be like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to pay for it like this and kind of make a step-by-step and then double-check my work. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to be the the person that's like tapping a bunch of backups and like putting all their cards in, in different <laughs> uh, piles all over the mat like as they do yeah, all their yeah. math. Like that's, you don't necessarily have to go that far, but uh but it, and I also don't, I don't always sequence. Like there's absolutely times where I rush, but I, yeah. Oh, it makes such a huge difference in big turns like that when you can sequence your plays. Yeah. I think that's what I really need to get back to because I'm almost kind of used to having fairly auto play decks with uh, my fire, my main fire water nine, where it's just give a lot of guys haste and yell, let's swing. And then playing an optimized uh, water wind. You don't really have to think all that much. So I think, now that I'm playing less optimal decks and more fun decks to try and 
have some fun. I need to, if I also want to win, I need to get back to doing that, honestly. And if I want to play competitive, then I really have to get back on that. Well, it sounds like you need my little uh, Moogle uh, advice card. <sighs> yeah, sure do. Can you write a did book, you, please? Did you ever, did I show you that? No, but it sounds great. Oh, it's awesome. I'll put an image of it up on the uh, on the video, but basically it's a little card that has uh, like an acronym for like what you have to do each turn, little tips, uh, and it has, what's the little Wanderer Moogle from FF9? Uh, Artemisian. Oh, no, or, um, Stiltskins. Stiltskin, he's he's on there and he's looking super cute. Um, and it's actually something that I brought to Portland last year for the CC and I gave to all of my teammates but then we kind of realized you're not allowed to have it uh, like paper out on the mat with you which is lame so it's something that I looked in between rounds and it reminded me of what I needed to do uh, because it's just like these things that you forget when the pressure's on and that's obviously a very different situation to this but it's helpful I, I have a bunch of copies of it so I'll, I'll give you one yeah I'd like to take a look at it sounds kind of yeah. cute Cool. Awesome. Okay, so uh, my round three was against Greg, and this was for all the store credit. Um, and so he's playing his Golbez deck, and I am playing my Mono Earth. Uh, and for the second time, I draw a bunch of dark cards very early. And this game, I actually had Shantoto Tama, uh, Double Kadage, and Zodiac. It was insane how this could have happened. And I had to basically pass a bunch i got to two backups but i was i played the majority of the game with um down three cards i just had these three dark cards in my hand the whole time uh and i kept trying to delay playing the shantoda i wanted to get to three earth backups and then get some really good value on the shantoda and he kept holding off very wisely so it was a smart play by him i eventually was forced to play the shantoto then he's able to get another goal best and pop that um and i just couldn't keep up like i at that point i'm starting to play all my big forwards but he just had so much going on the board that it was too late i and i it was tough because I, I really do feel like this that might actually be a good matchup for this deck if I don't draw like that, because I have huge forwards that he can't remove easily. I have multiple board clears and uh, I have really great blockers like Gigas that are hard for him to interact with. Uh, and yeah, just unfortunately never really got to that, that point uh, because of the, the dark cards. Sorry. Yeah. Um, unfortunately with that deck, it's, you need to have those board clears almost on command and you got to be holding on to them um because yeah if you draw them too early then they're just kind of useless in your hand and if they end up being cp fodder then that sucks because now they're in the break zone obviously um yeah 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 and there was one there was one point where i really should have killed this ramza with the titan and i waited to see what he would do because i didn't know the deck that well and and afterwards i could have saved myself one turn it wouldn't have mattered but I could have saved myself a turn, which is important. If I, for example, I had the Zodiac all game long. If I drew into uh, the Opus Five Gabranth, I won the game. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, so uh, surviving one more turn is important. But 
I never drew that Cabranth, and uh, I was I looked at my deck. I was never going to draw that Cabranth anytime soon, but um, yeah, it's it, it's a tough deck to play against. And props to uh, Greg for playing it so well because playing against it, the amount of I've one of the some of the longest turns I've ever taken because there's just so much to think about. He has got so many forwards with abilities and there's so many interactions with Ramza where he activates and then you can give somebody haste. And then all of a sudden you're just like, what are you going to do? Cause that's the thing you use cloud, you use, you dull Ramza to give cloud haste. So you dull cloud to put something in the break zone and putting something in the break zone reactivates Ramza so that he brings in something, gives that thing haste. Oh yeah. You can bring in, um, Cloud can, even, Cloud can even just break himself for Sephiroth. You give Sephiroth haste, he swings, everything gets dulled, and then although see Sephiroth was really bad against my deck because everything in my deck is over eight thousand yeah. power, so yeah, there you was, got the biggest there was of a... no way. Yeah. And I also have all this stuff, like all these Cecils, Asmodeyes, um all this stuff this removal that I could use, but um it's just not enough when he floods the board. No, that's the thing. There needs to you need to have three different kinds of board clears, and you need to have them on need to have them on command before he goes off. Yeah. Uh, so uh, at that point, I'm two and one, which is fine. It's a good it's a good result. So um, let's talk about what we would uh, change about these decks. Yes, let's. So, moving on to my deck, um, again, I think the biggest thing is I just kind of need to stop, think, play. Um, but with this deck, I mean, it's. I'd like to give it another try with the uh, Sid 2 package with all the evokers and everything. Um, I think what I would do, though, is I would, to keep this deck still kind of my kind of flavor, um, I would switch um, the one that on that's kind of out the three CP one and, or I'll maybe balance it. So I'd have two and two of different ones, but I think the holds it on thing there's, I wasn't really pulling off his special. So there was no re- reason to have so many. Um, yeah. So maybe what I would do is I would maybe go two and two, two of the uh, water and maybe two of the three cost, or maybe two of the four cost Cause I really like that four cost. I don't know why I switched to the three, I guess just to keep my curve low. Um, aside from that, like it's pretty basic wind water. I think I just need to give this another try. And now that I'm more acquainted with playing with Sid 2, give it another try. Yeah. And you know what, uh, what that Zidane can do that would have helped you out. Which one? The four CP? The three CP. Oh, both actually. So, oh, so what the, what the, what these Zidanes can actually do is. You get to look at your opponent's hand. Are you, are you with me so far? I'm I'm already lost. Are you familiar with their effects? So um, basically, you get to look at their your opponent's look. hand. You can't look at their hand. That's cheating. And let's hypothetically, there's a Golbez in there. Toss out that Golbez. Yeah, you put that. And then, do you need a board clear? No, there's no Golbez for them to destroy. That's one so, less board clear. Yeah. You know what? Oh, just uh, going back to our our buddy Phil that you were playing on Octagon today, just would yeah. always play play his Zidane 
uh, and he would say, can I take a look? And you show him your hand <laughs> and he looks at your hand and you're like, are you good? He's like, yep. And then you put your hand away and he's like, oh, darn it. Can I see your hand again? <laughs> yep. That's typical Phil. Like, Never show hand. your hand to Phil a hey, second can just, time. Uh, can I see your hand again? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Uh, yeah. So anything else? Is there anything, anything in Opus 11 you can think of that might help this deck? Um, honestly, I don't. Opus 11 has a lot of cool things coming out, but as for my main decks for, I don't see a lot there for this. Honestly. I like, I like there's a lot of cool things. Like I've already built like a summoner's deck and I'm ready, raring to go with that. If, um, on tap didn't piss me off earlier and kick me out of the game because its servers are just like super overloaded, but I'm excited for Opus 11, but I don't think there's much for my decks right now. Yeah, so I think I think next week what we'll do is um, we'll we'll talk about Opus Eleven and once we see all the cards on Friday and we'll probably just go over a bunch of the decks we're hoping to try. Uh, but other than that, looking at my Mono Earth deck, I don't need to change the number of dark cards. Three is actually a very reasonable number. I was just unlucky that third game. You're uh, cursed. You're actually uh, cursed. I have a bunch of random cards in here like for example the boshes and things like tama and i'm going to keep some of those uh but i'm going to keep experimenting with different cards i might drop the gladio stuff and go back to three cp noctis and try some more stuff with that i'd like to try putting in some lightning again like i did way back in whatever the what is opus nine when the lightning um producing earth moogle came out then uh, that was something I was really big on. I might try that again because you have the Sid Garland and Astinian and they're a really good combo because you can recur the Astinian super easily. Uh, so that might be kind of fun. Uh, but other than that, I'm really just looking forward at Opus 11. Yeah, um, as you guys were saying, you and Travis were saying on the uh, on your kind of set review of Opus, your retrospective of Opus 10, it's been a long season. I think everyone's kind of tired of opus 10 now like it's just kind of yeah. gotten stale we're all ready to move on have some new toys oh yeah big time big time okay well i mean if that's it i think we're gonna sign off for the week are you good to go yeah uh let's let's kick it okay well thanks so much for, for listening everybody that's it for this week's episode of the Mysidian legend don't forget to use the promo code PORIMPALM10 at cardsoferelease.com to get a discount on your order. And you can read my articles at themysidiapost.com. Check me out on YouTube, all my Dragon Quest content, and throw me a like on Facebook uh, if you feel like it. And then finally, thank you, FFDAX. Get all those spoilers up ASAP. We need them because uh, we got some new ones today. We got the, the Ronsos that bullied Kamari, and we got the rest of the Remnant package. So, uh, which I'll definitely be drafting slash hoping to get in sealed because it looks pretty sweet. Um, F yeah, FFDAX. F yeah, FFDAX. Uh, and with that, we're going to take off. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time, guys. See y'all. Thank you.